famished. Hello, hello. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And caller, are you there? Hello. How's it going? This is Gene. How are you? Yes, let's begin here, Gene. Who are you? Well, my name is Gene Hoagland, and I am best known as a heavy metal drummer of about 25 years of career, and uh, I've put out about 40 albums, many of which would be uh, hopefully considered classics, but I am in the extreme, extreme metal genre, and uh, lots of thrash metal and death metal and blast beat metal kind of stuff. And uh, I'm uh, currently on tour with the band Fear Factory. And I'm also, uh, you know, really kind of out there plugging my brand new drumming DVD called The Atomic Clock. The Atomic Clock is what's on the clock these days, right, Gene? That's right. That's, yeah, super busy with that one, I tell you. And you've been touring as well with Fear Factory, and I understand at Dallas, in Dallas, at the Dallas show, where I think you're from, you got some beer thrown at you? Was that quite a nice reception for you in Dallas to get some beer thrown at you? Yeah, some hometown, some hometown homeboys, man. Boy, they sure like me in Dallas, I tell you. You know, that's about the first time that's ever happened. See, that's what I was going to, that's what I was going to ask you about. It's like beer getting thrown at you at a heavy metal gig. It doesn't seem like that that wouldn't, that would, that seems like that would happen a lot. Uh, yeah, well, you'd, you'd think, but man, I tell you, that's about the first time that ever happened to me. So, you know, of course, I tried to go out in the crowd and regulate the situation myself, but uh, I, I couldn't find the guy. And sure enough, as soon as I uh, walked over to the, the area where he had, uh, where it had come from, you know, everybody pretty much just vamoosed. And, you know, I was looking at kind of tumbleweeds in that area, but I was like, man, I know it came from over here. Jerks. So when the beer came, you just got right off the drum stool and went right to the audience, or was this afterwards? Yep. No, no, this was, uh, we were right towards the end of the song, so uh, I finished the song, and then I walked out to the crowd, and um, anytime sh- like that has happened, you know, uh, stuff, uh, wait, this, this is CITR, I can't swear on this, right? Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, yes. Oh. Well, anytime stuff like that's have ever happened in the past where, like, somebody's chucked a beer at, like, my singer or one of my other band members, I'm always the first one out in the crowd, and I always, I always hate seeing those those guys that go, hey, Booker, why don't you show us who did it, man? Why don't you come up here and try doing it? And I just usually just jump into the crowd and start swinging, but because uh, I'm a rather large, imposing individual. So uh, if you got Big Daddy O coming at you in the crowd, usually you tend to smarten up pretty quickly. Well, you are and, Gene uh, Hoagland. You are Gene Hoagland. And Gene, <laughs> I was wondering, are you familiar with the work of Richard Hoagland? Uh, yeah, I get asked if he's my dad a lot, you know, when people just don't understand the spelling and pronunciation, pronunciation of his name. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with it a little bit. Richard Hoagland, The Face on Mars, Vegetation on the Moon. Are you down with that at all? Well, um, you know, I'm not really sure about any of that, but I tell you, my, my, per, my dad helped design the Viking that went to Mars that took that photograph. You know, my dad, Jerry Hoagland, and my dad also helped design the, uh, the space shuttle, which was, that's pretty sharp, too. But, uh, yeah, you know, if there is vegetation on Mars, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if it's been colonized for years. I would not be surprised if there's, you know, if there's colonies on the moon. And who was it? Was it Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin saying, you know, when, 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 when we were landing, wasn't there that, that, uh, that uh, you know, uh, 
repartee back and forth between Houston where he's like saying, Houston, they are on the ridge and they are looking at us. You know, they are they are watching us. That's you know, incredible. That, that, that's incredible. That chilling. What's incredible, Gene Hoagland? I never realized there was a connection between Gene Hoagland and Richard Hoagland. That's great that there's actually sort of a connection. I mean, you're... Yeah, well, very, very tiny, but... And you are the atomic clock. You are the atomic clock. You have this new DVD, an instructional DVD out. I was wondering, do you analyze what other drummers are up to? Did you see that viral drumming video that was out there a couple weeks ago? Rick K and the All-Nighters, a guy doing drumming to ZZ Top. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I've seen that with the sharp-dressed man, and this man does not belong in this band. He is my hero, I tell you. He is the coolest dude ever invented, and that guy really rocks. Uh, and uh, somebody told me his name the other day. His name's like Steve something or other, and he has a website and all that sort of stuff. But that is one of the, the neatest things I've ever seen, I tell you. And I've been doing this for a long, old time. Yeah, Gene Hoagland, could you explain that to the people? What is he doing that's neat? Like, what is he doing you hadn't seen before? Because that's the kind of thing. Like, you've never really seen anybody drum like that before, right? Well, you, you know what? You can tell that guy has done, obviously, a lot of drum core work, um, I'm assuming, but that's kind of some drum line work uh, where you got like a team of like, say, eight drummers, and they do a lot of crazy stuff like that, and um, you know, then the uh, you, you know, I just kind of figured he'd, he'd done a lot of drum core stuff, but when you're playing on the kit, you know, like that whole kind of Tommy Lee sort of style, where they do it every once in a while, you know, it kind of throws something in flashy for some flavor. But, uh, you know, this guy is doing it constantly, nonstop, and so that's, that's the neat part about that. Have you had any requests at all, Gene Hoagland, the atomic clock, Gene Hoagland, to do that in Fear Factory? Have you had requests from the guys in Fear Factory saying, Gene, do that for us, please? Oh, I already do stuff like that, and that's the thing. I, like, I am not as insane and over the top as that guy, and as soon as I saw that guy doing what he was doing, I was like, I'm going to quit what I do. What I do is, like, you know, I'm kindergarten. He's, you know pre-calculus or something, you know, like, I'd, so I, I do the odd twirl and the odd flip, but, you know, that sort of stuff is really easy to do when you are playing, well, you know, it's easier to do when you are playing a rock beat, like a Motley Crue or, you know, a ZZ Top or something, but try doing it when you're playing blast beats and, like, hauling thrash metal, that's when it gets really fun to do stuff like that, so. For your DVD, Gene Hoagland, are you afraid that anybody will watch your instructional DVD on how to drum, we're speaking here to Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock, and get turned off and scared that they're not able to be like you, Gene? Well, I don't want to turn anybody off, but I did not design it for... There's not a lot on there for the absolute beginner because this this instructional DVD did not really intend... I didn't start it off to be an instructional DVD. All I wanted to do was just make a DVD about Gene. And, like, here's, here's how I do what I do. Um, and here's also some other little and snippets and clips and and you know I wrote a comedy skit for it even and um, I just wanted to intersperse all these interstitial uh, you know things in between me showing you what I do and um, it kind of evolved into an instructional DVD when my director said hey man let's keep that other stuff that you put that kind of breaks up the flow of the instructional part so let's make those extras and I was like okay well that's cool nobody's ever done a, a, an instructional DVD with extras on it before so hey here you go um, but 
I don't want to turn anybody off. And what I really want to do with anything, with any, you know, like with what I play or with what I, what, you know, what this DVD is, is inspire people to like, hey, man, if I can do this, you can do this. Anybody can do this. This is awesome. There's room for everybody. You know, this, that you, 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 there's room for the, you know, the beginner. There's room for the elitist. So, you know, anybody can do this. You know, I, I am nothing special. Gene Hoagland, though, you're so good, you don't even have to play on a record. Your face just has to be on a record to make it good, i.e. the story behind Savage Grace. What can you tell the, oh people, what can you tell the people about Savage Grace? You're not on a record, but your face is on there. Just your face makes it good. Well, actually, it was, it was everything but my face. Um, it was, I was about 17 or 16 at the time, and I was friends with this band. I was doing lights for them in Los Angeles, and I got a call from their guitarist saying, hey, man, we're taking pictures for our album cover today. We had um, you know, a mutual friend was supposed to do it. He can't make it, and he was a, he was a big guy. And, uh, you know, can you come down and play an executioner? And I was like, wait a minute, look at me. I don't look like an executioner because I'm thinking executioners are like buffed out mesomorphs. You know, he's like, dude, you have the perfect physique for the executioner. You know, like they were always the butchers in town. So you're a big chubby dude. Come on down and and just do it. If you can excuse me for one second, I'm going to try to get into spot that's a little quieter. Okay, and we're speaking here live to Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock, who is drumming right now with Fear Factory, but has drummed with many, many bands, and also has lived and lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and appreciates Canadian metal. I think, Gene, you're quite appreciative of Canadian heavy metal. Speaking of heavy metal, we can hear some heavy metal in the background as Gene walks with his phone over to to a quiet area. Gene Hoagland, again, has drummed with many, many, many bands, including Strapping Young Lad from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And Gene, are you still there? I am, indeed. Gene, there is more to Canadian metal than Anvil, isn't there? I was going to say, you know, you love Canadian metal, but there's more to Canadian metal than Anvil, isn't there? Absolutely, but when I was growing up, Anvil was absolutely one of my favorite bands, and their drummer, Rob Reiner, is a... It's a big influence on me. I really dug his playing a lot. But, I mean, Vancouver has... When I first moved to Vancouver, uh, I thought the Vancouver metal scene was the best in all of North America. This was, like, in February of 1997, and there was bands like Zimmer's Hole, and as well as Strapping, and I'd go see a lot of the local bands, like Punch Drunk and Bomb Scare and Subversion, and all of these bands had such a great sound that... You know, I knew I had to be like, I got to move here and be a part of this scene because these guys are all like kicking ass or writing great music. And, you know, before that, you know, even to get deep into Canadian history, you know, you had Sacred Blade from British Columbia there back in the day. And, uh, Witch's Hammer. Did you ever hear about the legend of oh, Witch's yeah. Hammer? Oh, man. Witch's Hammer. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. That's, that's how we, uh, that's how we salute like a lot of our friends, you know, when you, instead of saying cool. You say witch's hammer. And of course, CITR always had a great metal show with Power Chord. Gerald Rattlehead, Metal Ron. He's a legend. Absolute legend. Gerald Rattlehead is the guy, the DJ, that introduced me to Witch's Hammer. And also I saw him introduce Witch's Hammer at a gig years and years ago. Other Canadian metal bands I was going to ask you about. Exciter. Exciter. You know, Heavy Metal Mania grew up on that. That had the greatest album cover of all time with the... 
with a guy slashing the Marshall stack there. Lee Aaron, the metal queen, Lee Aaron. That's right. She's doing jazz now, isn't she? Yes, and at one time she was also in Wii magazine. She posed for oh, Wii wow. magazine. Awesome. There was Razor. Oh, Razor. Remember Razor? Oh, yeah, yeah, Evil Invaders. Uh, we, you know, Stace Sheepdog McLaren, their singer, when I was in my band Dark Angel, we lost a vocalist. We, we tried to get him to sing for us. But no uh, way. He was like, man, I'm, 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 I'm into my, my stuff up here. Thanks, but no thanks. And that was cool. You know? As well, there was Disciples of Power. I don't know if you remember them. They're from... Oh, Me- yeah, absolutely. From, like, Man- from Winnipeg. Medicine something. Hat, Alberta, or something yeah. like that. Okay. Or yeah. Disciples of Power. There was also White Wolf. White Wolf. Not familiar with them, but I remember Witch Killer. And, and of I- course, uh, you know, there was uh, Aggression from Montreal. Those guys are from, from, from up, upper Quebec. Those guys were amazing. Going through Canadian metal with Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock, Fist, Helix, and Gatto. How about that triumphant of bands? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Gatto, yeah. I was never a Helix fan. I tell you, I, I got I got ripped off by a Helix album when I went out, and uh, I, I saw that uh, their ad for that latest album that was called No Rest for the Wicked came out in about 83, said, you know, the latest album from Canada's heaviest band. And I'm like... Hell, I love Anvil. I love Exciter. This band is calling themselves the heaviest band in Canada. Hell yeah. And I went out and bought it, and it was like, you know, give me an R, or heavy metal love, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, that is really disappointing, damn it. And we have a caller. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Yes, I'm here. Go ahead to Gene Hoagland. Hello. Uh, Hi, Uh, Gene. I I heard you guys talking about Disciples of Power, the metal band. That's right. I don't. I don't know if you know. You, you guys are talking about Disciples of Power. Yes, I mentioned Disciples of Power. Yeah, that's a great band. You know, I, I, that band. I I always heard that that band was named after me because my name is Power, and I'm an air drummer, and uh, I'm the best air drummer in the world. And so there's a lot of people who who trying to get into the air drumming thing. And I wanted to know if uh, you know, Atomic Clock has an opinion about air drummers, and if you think we're okay. Well, I tell you, that's exactly how I started to play. That is exactly how I started to play. Like, you call yourself the world's best air drummer? I thought I was. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's well, you might, how I you started to play. You might be really good. I, I mean, you're, you're incredibly technical on the real drums. But uh, I went head-to-head with Neil Peart, um, who is a you know, Canadian drummer. Of course. Um, and uh, we, we held it toe-to-toe. He was playing real drums, and I was playing air drums, and we held it for about three and a half minutes. Dude, that um, sounds like the godliest gig ever. That sounds like the most... I, that I would give not only my left testicle, but my right testicle to, to be able to do what you did. That is well, really you know, amazing. Sure he, like, he's really he's nice who I grew up air drumming to. Actually, Caller, if you go... I was just going to say... You can actually see the, the battle. If you want to see the battle, we have it on airdrummer.com. Awesome. Uh, i got to check that out, man. That airdrummer.com gets my full endorsement right now, I tell you. Caller, I must say, you sound an awfully lot like Ari Gold. Are you Ari Gold? Ari Gold. Is this Ari Gold on the line? Uh, no, well, he directed the movie about, about me, but I can get him if you want. That would be great if you could get him. I think this is calling in, Gene. This is quite amazing. This guy is a regular listener of the Nardwarta Human Serviette Hello? radio show. It's Ari Hello? Gold. Is that Ari Gold? Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's Nardwar. 
Awesome. Wow. How are you? Nardwire, nothing gets past you. How are you, man? Well, what I'm saying, I want to introduce all you guys. Gene, who we have phoning in right now is Ari Gold. He is a regular listener of the Nardwire to Human Serviette radio show. And I thank you for listening regularly to the Nardwire to Human Serviette radio show, Ari. And Ari. Thank you for having an encyclopedic knowledge. And, awesome music. And Ari, Gene, put out this movie called The Adventures of Power, all about an air drummer, Gene. Wow, awesome. i got to check that out. And Absolutely. It, and there's a trailer. Yeah, and, and Neil, Neil Beard is actually in it, too. Awesome. And that's, that's really incredible. I don't know if, how, if you guys have discussed him. Um, but uh, Not yet, but yeah, I'm sure he was going to come up. Absolutely. He He's told me that his, his, he first, before he played drums, he played on magazines on his bed. He set up magazines uh, and all the different drums. So yeah, uh, I've done the same thing. That's really killer. Now, one of, the inter- one of the interesting quotes from the movie, Gene, again, we're speaking here to Ari Gold. Now, Ari Gold, you are the real Ari Gold. Maybe you want to explain that to Gene and the listeners. You are the real Ari Gold, aren't you? Well, this is true. Uh, there, there, There is a character on a TV show named Ari Gold, and it's very confusing because the character is named Ari Gold, and the character is the agent for another character named Vinny Chase. And Vinny Chase is played by Adrian Grenier, who is the drummer in my band, which is called the Honey Brothers. And Adrian is... Oh, wait, my so movie. you so are... So it's like a round robin of confusion. Wow, that's pretty um, neat. Where fictional, fiction and reality have, have mixed. It's so genius. Um, Gene, yeah, just to recap, Ari has put out this movie all about air drumming called The Adventures of Power, and also he plays drums in a band called The Honey Brothers. That's, Excellent. Now, what I find is interesting, and thank you for phoning in, Ari, because Ari has a quote in the movie, I'm not pussyfooting around, I'm double bass drumming. That's actually in the movie, the that king. quote. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to put that on a shirt. Atomic Clock, you you are the king of 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 the feet. Um, Aw, thank you very much, Ari. It's really awesome. I I still can't quite figure out what you're doing with your feet, but it sounds amazing. I've seen videos. Uh, I can't can't either half the time. From your DVD. What'd you say? I can't figure out what I'm doing half the time either. I just throw it out there. Yeah, I think... I think it's like a wax on, wax off thing that you must have done a lot of waxing and now your feet have minds of their own. Yeah, oh, I have waxed. Uh, I'm sure. They're, they're, they're smart. And Gene, believe uh, it or not, Ari, I think, is in the area, not your area. Where are you phoning from right now, Gene? Uh, I'm phoning you from Portland. From Portland. You are around that area, aren't you, Ari? Aren't you going to be showing your movie uh, actually, soon? Actually, I... I am. I'm getting on a train on Sunday from Oakland, California. I'm going to be getting off the train in Portland. I don't know if you're going to still be there, uh, but I'm getting off the train Monday night for a night in Portland, and then going up to Seattle where my movie is playing on uh, Wednesday night in Seattle. And I may Excellent. make it up to Vancouver too, so it could be a, a grand, a grand. Well, I'm afraid we're going to just be missing each other. Yeah. I th- I think Gene will have. Gene is on to yeah. right now with Fear Factory. And winding up here, Ari, I was going to ask you, you have Rush in your movie. How much did it cost to license Rush? How much did it cost to license Rush? Um, the honest truth is that Rush and their management are some of the coolest people that I've ever met in my life. And they could have charged literally half a million dollars 
for the music that we put in the movie. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how, what an incredible deal we got because the, the number is uh, unclassified, but it's a joke. It's basically nah, that's awesome. them saying we were, we were once struggling artists too who, you know, couldn't make ends meet and trying to make something and we like what you're making and we want to help you make it. They're that's really just, killer. Just, I mean, I, and I, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of, I had a lot of celebrities pass through the, through my little vortex and I'm not going to say that everyone is an angel, but I will certainly say that about those, those gentlemen who are That's amazing, awesome. amazing people. So yeah, we got, we got their music in the movie and, and stayed afloat. You know, now back, back to that amazing. quote, Gene. There's a quote there again from Ari's movie all about air drumming, which you can actually check out on the web. What's your website exactly, Ari, to check out the air drumming movie? Uh, the easy one to remember if you're listening to the radio is airdrummer.com. But you can also go to the, you know, the name of the movie is Adventures of Power. But they both go to the same place. So air drummer, for those of you who might be driving, um, is, is easy to remember. And you can watch trailers from the movie in my... The, the, the power drum off with Neil Peart, which we shot after. It's not actually part of the movie. It's a, a bonus, a bonus track, as it were. Um, and uh, and join my mailing list if you like what you see, because um, it's an indie film, and you will not see a billboard, you will not see an ad, you will not hear uh, a radio ad for it. The only way you will know if we're playing in your town or when we're out on DVD is if you say hi. Now, one, awesome. of the quote, keep Absolutely. one of the quotes from the movie, Gene, again, as I mentioned, was, I'm not pussyfooting, I'm double bass drumming. Now, I was thinking, in heavy metal, there's quite a bit of pussyfooting around, isn't there, Gene? Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. Now, have you ever had to sign a cock at all? Because I know the band Dragon Force have actually signed cocks before. Have you ever had to sign a cock? Indeed, I must admit I have not, but I look forward to it. <laughs> had you ever heard of anybody signing a cock before at all, Gene? Uh, I must admit this is the first time. The band Dragon. Well, Gene, here's a question: Have you had your cock uh, set in plaster by Cynthia Plastercaster, the master? No, I have not. Of, um, Okay. We can help set well, you up with that. I know Cynthia Plastercaster. Teacher. Well, thanks so much for phoning in, Ari Gold. I love that you're listening to the Nardwater Human thanks, Serviette thanks, Radio Show every week. Thanks for having me, um, and, and an honor to talk with you, uh, Mr. Clock, if I may call you. Ah, that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Well, thanks so much, Ari, and do-do-do-do-do. Okay. do do butter all right, great. And you're Even st- I know that one. And you're still listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. If anybody has any questions for Gene, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. And I have a Twitter message for you. I have a Twitter that was sent for you, Gene. Okay. This is actually from Andrew W.K., who also listens to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Do you know Andrew W.K.? Awesome, yes. I love the man. He's, he, he's, he's a genius, he's, absolutely. He sent this note to me. He said, I'm a big fan of Gene Hoagland and had the pleasure of meeting him several times. The first right. time was on OzFest in Florida, I think. Must have been 2002. He was very nice and super cool. Awesome. He go- um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Totally. He, he goes on to say, this is Andrew W.K.'s message too, 
Gene Hoagland. I was speaking here to Gene Hoagland on an Artwork of Human Spirit radio show. Gene Hoagland, The Atomic Clock. I saw him most recently at the Revolver Magazine and VH1 Golden God Metal Awards in L.A. He was playing with Fear Factory and was amazing, as always. Oh, that's very nice. Andrew W.K. continues on. He loves to talk. There are several cool connections between Andrew W.K. and Gene Hoagland. First of all, as you're aware, many people I've had in my band are from Florida and the death metal scene. Absolutely. I know he's got Donald Hardy on drums. Absolutely. In addition, our guitar player, Kendall Andrews, toured with Fear Factory many times. I'm pretty sure Gene will remember him. Oh, I know Kenny Andrews very well. He's one of the nicest dudes in the, in the business, absolutely. And you were saying the drummer of Andrew W.K.'s band, what's his background? How do you know him? Um, well, he plays in a band called Obituary, and they are you know, absolute legends in the death metal field. Andrew W.K. continues on. A message here to Gene. Gene is absolutely one of the most incredible drummers around, regardless of musical genre. He's also incredible to watch. Nobody plays the drums like he does. I also heard that Gene wears chains and ankle weights when he plays and practices to increase his kick drum speed and power. Party hard forever, Andrew W.K. Awesome. Hard, hard on, we will party. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the tweet, Andrew W.K. Now, Andrew W.K.'s question, he heard that you use weights. That's actually revealed in your DVD, isn't it? What's the weight thing for people listening, Gene? Well, it's just a concept I suppose I developed about, you know, 22 years ago or so when um, there was a time when I felt like I was losing my feet, like I was just having problems playing double bass. And since I have a baseball background... um, you know how when a, a, a batter is in the, in the on-deck circle warming up to be the next guy up at the plate, he usually has a, like a, it's called like a donut. It's a metal donut that he puts up, you know, he just pops it onto his bat, swings the bat around for a while, and then um, he pops it off and the bat is a, a pound lighter. And it's therefore quicker to swing that bat. I, I just kind of applied the same concept to my legs. I, I wrap three-pound leg weights around my ankles, and sure enough, in, inside of a, just a couple of days of practicing with them, my feet came back. I had more power than I had before, and so I was, you know, I, I, I was hooked on the whole concept. So I've, I've preached it for many a year, and anybody I've ever turned on to the leg weight concept has, um, has come back to me like a week later and said, oh, my God, dude. I tried the leg weights. You're right. You know, within a week, my feet have done things I never thought they could do. They were always slow before. Now they're fast. They always had no power before. Now they're fast. You know, now they're powerful. And I have a lot more control. And that's the whole concept behind the leg weights. And so I play live with them. I play about the first six or seven songs with them on. And I also wear these big, like, Doc Martin-type boots that weigh two pounds a piece as well. So, um... You know, I pop the leg weights off when we start into the real fast double bass numbers. And you are Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock, live here on CITR. If anybody has any other questions for Gene Hoagland, it's 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. Just quickly, I want to finish some of the Canadian metal bands. We can't mention Canadian metal without mentioning Mr. Plow, Apocalypse Plow. 
Absolutely. For Gene Hoagland and completists, they have to have Mr. Plow. What can you tell the people about Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's Mr. Plow? Well, Mr. Plow is my friend from Vancouver, and uh, we are both a couple of fishbone fans, so uh, that's kind of how our relationship started. He just mentioned to me, hey, man, I heard you like fishbone, and I've, I've toured with him many times, and I'm good friends with those guys. I was like, hey, awesome. And so he hit me up to play uh, on his records. I've done uh, Mad Plow Disease, a couple of songs on that, and then I did the entire uh, Apocalypse Plow album. And, you know, Mr. Plow is super fun to work with, you know, it's, uh, just punk, funk. I mean, punk, folk, uh, acoustic metal songs that are acoustic guitar, and, and they're super catchy and a lot of fun. And he's great, to, he's great to be with. He's actually coming to our show tonight here in Portland. And we have a caller now. Caller, are you there? What a coincidence. Caller, is this Mr. Plow? This is. Hello, Mr. Plow. Hey. Go ahead. How are you, buddy? Plow, what's happening, brother? How are you? Uh, I decided to check out Nardwise radio show today, and what a coincidence, you were on the air. Talking about you, go figure. Yeah, I know, and then that's what, just when I phoned in, uh, I, I'm actually outside, so you don't get the, uh, you know, the echo, so I didn't even hear what you were saying. <laughs> ah, okay, well, I was just talking a bunch of shit. Well, this Wild sucks, hate perfect. This, hard to work with. This is stuff. amazing. Gene Hoagland and Mr. Plow on the line together, and earlier, Mr. Plow, we had the real Ari Gold phone in. The real... Real Ari Gold heard, phoned I, in. I heard that. That was uh, that was pretty incredible. The real Ari Gold phoned in. Now, Mr. Plow, here you are, right up against here. Mean Gene. Actually, did you ever get the confusion of Mean Gene at all? The Mean Gene Hoagland, you know, that Mean Gene Okerland, Hoagland at all? Confusion at all, Gene Hoagland? Oh, all the time, you know. <laughs> probably Mean Gene all the time. <laughs> uh, when I Googled punk rock and Gene Hoagland, guess what came up? I uh, Mr. Plow? Mr. Plow. Oh, yeah, I win. Ding, 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 ding. The first thing, when you put Punk and Gene Hoagland together, the first thing comes up is Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow saved me, saved me from Quiet Riot. Did you know that? Awesome. That's killer. <laughs> did you ever meet Quiet Riot at all? Uh, when I was a kid, yes, I did, yeah. And, and now, Mr. Plow is going to go on. Is this true, Mr. Plow? You're going to go on to tour manage the mentors? Uh, I'm uh, in the stages of booking a Western Canadian tour with the mentors. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. What do you think about that? Have you heard much about the mentors at all, Gene? The legendary. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of UAPs for it and Up the Dose and all that early stuff. Did absolutely. You, did you see them in L.A. when they played down there all those years ago? Many, many times, absolutely. Now, Miss L, L was a good friend. And what I was going to say, uh, El Duce. When was the last time you saw El Duce? Um, that would have been around not not long before he was, uh, you know, before he passed away. It was probably about a year before that. And he was always the nicest gentleman ever, you know. And then you get some drinks in him, and he became El Duce. But when he was just regular old El Elden Hoke, he was he was an amazing man, absolutely. And what's great, Gene, is that you're so versatile and you can fit any style and you play with only a certain amount of people. I will say you play with only a certain amount of people and that's why it's so great to have Mr. Plow, right, Mr. Plow? Like, you have Gene Hoagland on your CD. You have Gene Hoagland. 
Uh, it is it is more than an honor to uh, to have him on a CD. And when you or look two CDs actually, when you look down your discography, Gene, on Wikipedia, there's like Death Clock, and then there's like Mr. Plow, like right beside <laughs> each other. That's awesome. Oh. Like re- uh, that's what I think is so great is you moved to Vancouver, Gene, and you repped the local Canadian metal, and now forever set in stone in your discography is like Mr. Plow and Death Clock right beside each uh, right beside each other. And that's what I was curious about. Has anybody asked you much about Mr. Plow? Like, for instance, Gene Hoagland Completus. Have you met anybody that wants to have every record you ever appeared on? Uh, I have, actually. And a lot of people claim they do. But uh, I'm like, I know you don't have the Just Cause album, for instance. And <laughs> like the Mr. Plow album, for instance. I know you don't have that one. And sometimes they're like, yes, I do. So... <laughs> And Mr. Plow said, as well as having you drum on the record, that helps. You know, having does it help having Gene drum on the record, Mr. Plow? What was it like having Gene drum on the record? Well, it it uh, well for one, it's it's an honor and it's absolutely amazing to have him on the records. But uh, it's also helped me when I've played grindcore metal shows in the past. Uh, everyone thinks I'm just some uh, you know clean cut hippie, and then uh, as much as I don't really like to name drop on stage uh, to save my ass, I name drop Gene's name, and then all of a sudden, all the grindcore people wanted to be my best friend. Thank you, Gene, for helping <laughs> Mr. Plow's stage act. No problem. It's you saved me from a little bit ahead, uh, I think, uh, on more than one occasion there, Gene. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to catch up with Gene tonight, and you are Mr. Plow. And Mr. Plow, anything else you want to add to Gene right now on an Ardwarda Human Survey Radio Show? Gene, the atomic clock. What can you tell the people about Gene, the atomic clock? If people don't know about Gene, how can you set in stone the vision of Gene that should be parlayed, Mr. Plow? Well, in my in my opinion, Gene is uh, like probably the best drummer I have ever seen play, literally, and he is also the nicest individual I have ever met. And Gene, Aww. what is your favorite Plow <laughs> song? What do you think is your favorite Mr. Plow song? If somebody wants an introduction to Mr. Plow, what's the favorite song of Mr. Plow you think they should check out? Um, I would say Twenty Eight Psycho, Twenty Eight Day Psycho. That one's awesome, <laughs> and. Uh, Biscuits and Gravy, that's another fun one. And uh, Are You Really a Guy, that's another great one. <laughs> and I tell you, Apocalypse Plow, uh, oh, yeah. Like, um, I would have to say, yeah, don't get any on you. That's, that's my all-time <laughs> favorite. And that's off the Apocalypse Plow record. But the Apocalypse Plow album is chock full of really amazing songs and, you know, really awesomely crafted pop songs that are really wicked and every song will you'll be humming for days absolutely <laughs> well thanks so much for phoning in mr plow keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do gene rules and you're yeah, still listening I'll... to the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR FM 102 Cable 102 Vancouver British Columbia Canada and winding up here with Gene Hoagland, the atomic clock. Gene, in the interview or the little phone call we had there with Mr. Plow, I mentioned Death Clock, where you play drums. You play drums for Death Clock. That's right, yes. Have you used any words that Death Clock use in everyday conversation? Like, for instance, when I interviewed the band Weezer, the bass player, Scott, he loved using the word brutal. Like, Death, oh, yeah. Death Clock really introduced the word brutal all over again, didn't they? Yeah, and, you know, we brutal has become, like, even before Death Clock was around, like, in 
it's pretty funny. Like, in America, brutal means, like, good sometimes. Like, hey, man, your band is brutal. You know, that means that's a very generic term for good. And in Canada, brutal has always been brutal. You know, like, oh, that's, that's brutal. That sucks. You know, so um, since I've been around so many Canadians, I've, I've learned to use the term American brutal or Canadian brutal. Like when I say, oh, that's brutal. You know, my friends are like, uh, American or Canadian? Oh, Canadian brutal. So that's pretty fun. What words, Gene, have you brought about? For instance, I've heard you using the word storming. Did you make that word up, storming? Is that your invention, storming for metal? Oh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but it's a pretty fun term to use, you know. Um, I think a lot of my friends and a lot of people that know me know that uh, the term righteous has come out of my head so much and many times when you talk about gene the word righteous comes up so backstage at death clock gigs do you get many cartoonists coming backstage at the death clock gigs the cartoonists because there's cartoonists that love the band well there's a lot of folks that that consider themselves to be um vocal stylists that uh come to the shows and try to get Brendan to listen to them do some voices like hey dude I, you should use me as your I do all these voices you should use me on your show and Brendan's usually like okay dude you're like the 80th person in the last week that has come up and told me that so okay yeah. oh, so there's but, a lot of additions happening backstage then you're hearing a lot of different voices backstage probably a lot a lot of people coming back trying to pitch themselves at Brendan Gene you also drum oh god Excellent. Now there's a guy that's uh, cranking up his motorcycle here. Oh, okay. I thought that was like a great metal scream. That was like a real awesome metal scream, but it was actually a motorcycle. Have you used any motorcycles for any of rec- any of the recordings you've done? Like, have you brought any big motorcycles into the studio? Anything close to that? A chainsaws or anything like that? Uh, let me see. Have we used a chainsaw? No, we haven't gone the jackal route, but uh, no, I'd like to. I remember one time, you know, I used to open up the shows with a very slow kick drum rumble, and then I rumble it a lot faster to try to equate the sound of a motorcycle engine. You know, you know that sort of thing. So, how about for the kick drums? How do we know that you're actually playing the kick drum? Because haven't you commented, Gene, that some bands use samples out there for kick drums? How do we know that it's really the kick drum that you're playing there? And they even use samples live, don't they? Didn't you once play with a band that used samples live on the kick drum? That's right. Um, well, we use triggers on the kick drum. But, uh, but yeah, if, it's, if you're hearing it, that means I'm playing it. You know, there, there is no... Uh, there is no faking it really live, and that's the thing. You know, a lot of guys these days, you, you never, you're never really sure what they're doing because in the studio it sounds so pristine, so crisp, so clear, and then you, you kind of got to go see this band live to see if he's actually doing it all. So, Gene Hoagland, winding up here, Strapping Young Lad is another band that you've just Pulverized. You love the strapping young lad doing the drums there. And I was always curious about that story that Devin has told about being on Jay Leno. That's is, right. Is yep. that true? Tell me if this is true. This is what the story I got from Devin via the internet on Jay Leno. So I remember when we did the Tonight Show, I stuck Jay Leno's phone up my ass and we got in trouble for it. 
I remember taking a shit in Steve Vai's guitar case, just being a total asshole and trying to define myself around him. Are these true Devin Townsend strapping young lad stories? Did he really put Jay Leno's phone up his ass? Yes, he sure did. He was backstage with his buddy, who's a kind of a, a hell-raising dude, and uh, they were taking photographs, and, and, you know, they snuck into Jay's office because it was unlocked, and they, uh, you know, Devin immediately throws off all his clothes, jumps up on Jay's, uh, Jay's desk, and is taking all these pictures on Jay's desk naked, and then he grabs Jay's phone, shoves it up his ass, and then, you know, he, he gets his clothes back on and runs back outside and, and you know, no, nobody's the wiser. And the next morning at like 6 a.m., he gets a call from his manager going, you stupid fuck, you fucking idiot, what the fuck were you doing in Jay Leno's office? And Devin's like, I wasn't in Jay Leno's office, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. He's like, don't you know that they have hidden cameras in that shit, you fucking idiot, fuck you, you fucking jerk. And so for the next year, Devin's picks said, don't use Jay's phone. Boom, an amazing anecdote via Gene Hoagland, the atomic clock. What about shitting in Steve Vai's guitar case? Like, Devin did not discriminate. He did one thing with Jay Leno, but also his boss at the time was Steve Vai, shitting in his guitar case? I, hey, Vai, did Dev ever shit in Steve's guitar case? Oh, By- Byron Stroud from Strapping is sitting right next to me, and he's, he's regaling the actual story. Do you want to put the phone to him? Hey, you want to talk? You want to say? He shot in a Tupperware container and put it in Steve's toolbox. That's what actually happened. And so he didn't discriminate between Jay Leno or Steve. He would just take shits and use shit everywhere he could. Oh my God! I watched him personally. Like when we were going to record the record with the, the album City at Steve Vai's house. Um, Steve Vai was out, and I love Steve Vai. Like, he, he, we've actually become really good friends, and he's been a really big supporter. So this was way back when. This isn't now. But um, uh, we were going to record at his house, and his house was empty because he was having it painted. And so Devin asked, he sent Steve a fax. This was back when there were faxes. Um, he sent Steve a fax saying, hey, Steve, we know that your house is empty this weekend while we're recording. We're going to be doing like three real tough, long days there. Um, would you mind if, if we brought a couple of sleeping bags and let some of the boys just, we'll take one of the tiny rooms off to the corner, um, you know, and just like maybe just sleep at the studio so we can get a lot of work done and not have to find a hotel because we've got no budget, all that sort of stuff. And um, Steve Vai faxed him back and said, Okay, I'm I'm cool with your offer, as long as you pay me a hundred dollars per head per night. And I watched Devin fly off the handle, and he te- he faxed Steve Vai back. Okay, your offer is all right. We'll pay you a hundred dollars per head as long as you personally hand wash each one of our balls. And I was like, I was like, you can't tell Steve by that. He's like, well, I, I did. And, you know, Steve, Steve faxed it back. You little motherfucker. What the fuck? God damn, you little cocksucker. Fuck, I do all this shit for you. And, you know, they became friends. They're friends now. But I, I was like, wow, I already heard the, the Jay Leno story. And then I'm watching this story go down kind of in front of me. And, and I was like, wow, Devin Townsend is crazy. So you mentioned there's some skits on your new DVD. Did you reenact that for your new DVD at all, Gene? Uh, no, I didn't. But uh, you know, I just wrote a fun little couple of couple of moments there that were pretty fun. It involves uh, Val, the heathen, 
from Zimmer's Hole on vocals, and I take you on a little tour of Strapping's rehearsal studio, which also doubled as a special effects studio and a chopper building shop. And the director of the DVD was Marcus Rogers, right? How did you meet Ro- Marcus Rogers? Uh, we met Marcus when he came along to do, uh, to do some, uh, uh, some video work for us somewhere. I know he did a video of... Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, um, he did a video for us in 2002, I think it was, 2003. I think he did the Relentless video for us. And then he went on to direct our DVD uh, for those a boot to rock. And he did another couple of strapping videos after that. And, you know, he's a local guy who's a good buddy. And so when I, it came time to do the DVD, I, I, I hit him up for it. And, you know, we worked really well together. And Marcus is a great guy. And, and he did a lot of really killer work on the DVD, and I'm very, I'm very grateful for it. I mean, great Vancouver Metal Connections, and a couple others just quickly here. Chuck Biscuits was from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Have you ever run into Chuck Biscuits at all? Chuck Biscuits, DOA dancing. That's right. Um, you know what? I, I met him extremely briefly backstage at a Danzig show back in, like, 1990 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's an absolute legend, you know. Joey Shithead, absolute legend. Totally. And Annihilator are from Vancouver. Annihilator, Jeff Waters. Walters. Jeff Waters, absolutely, you know. Hey, they had a great album title a couple years ago. They called it Metal. Nobody had ever done that before. Smart move. Baboom. Have you got into hip-hop at all? Because Chuck Biscuits did a bit of drumming for Run DMC. Did Eugene ever do any hip-hop drumming? Have you ever been proposed to do hip-hop drumming? Um, you know what? Yeah, at one time I was, but that was a long time ago, and the session never came about. I must tell you, my hip-hop um, excitement kind of peaked around the NWA Straight out of Compton uh, album. I thought that was you know, a pretty amazing album and after that not too much however there is a band from sweden called Clawfinger that they they're they're kind of a metal band with a hip-hop kind of flavor and they have a song called two sides to every story that is it is a very hip-hop sounding song yet it's kind of it's kind of metal and it's very middle eastern and it's a really cool song so that's you know that's that's close akin to hip-hop Gene Hoagland, you mentioned that you met Chuck Biscuits backstage at a Danzig gig. I mean, Danzig, a legend. What about other legends? Peter Chris. I heard that one of these later Kiss tours that occurred had Peter Kiss, Peter Chris playing drums, but there was also a drummer under the stage. Gene Simmons didn't trust Peter Chris and had a drummer under the stage playing drums to cover for Peter Chris. Did you hear anything about this? Another drummer playing at the same time as Peter Chris was playing in Kiss? I heard the same story, and I've never had it personally confirmed, but I did hear that, uh, you know, that that, uh, that 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 happened, and I also heard also that Judas Priest did the same thing with their old drummer Dave Holland, uh, the guy who's been arrested for boy touching over in England recently. Um, but I heard the same thing, and hey, I've heard that there are vocalists like you know the 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 biggest heavy metal vocalist you know in history. Uh, you know, solo artist now for many a year, but was with the most seminal metal band in all of history. I've heard that he had a guest vocalist, you know, a, a hidden secret vocalist doing his vocals behind a, 
behind a screen somewhere too, but I've never had that confirmed. Yeah, I heard that the Kiss drummer was a guy from Econoline Crush from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Did it was like? Nope. Did, did you hear that too? Uh, that wouldn't have been Bob Wagner, would it? I, I, I can. I I'm can not confirmed that it was not the Bob Wagner of of Econoline Crush. That the Bob Wagner era of. A Conline crush. I know he never did it. So how would but, that? Wow, that's crazy. How would that work? Like a drummer under the stage playing along? Is that? Do you think what would be happening under the stage in another room? Hey, you can you can hide that sort of stuff really easily. You know, I'm sure you can have another drummer under the stage. I I love that personally. That'd be awesome. And we have a caller. Call, call, smoke break here in the middle of the song. Caller, hey. are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead to Gene Hoagland. Hey, how's it going, Nardbar? Good. Go ahead. I just wanted to confirm the Aussie thing. Okay. It's true. I, 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 never, I never said it was him, but I heard it was somebody that looks exactly like him. Yeah, someone who looks exactly like Ozzy, definitely. Where did you hear Not this? necessarily the singer. Where did you hear this caller? Uh, my band opened for them a few years back, and I saw the booth myself. Was this- okay, so you are confirming it. Yeah, I am absolutely 100% confirming that. Is this, right. I, I imagine it's just more of a padding thing, but yes, there is another singer that sings along with uh, wow, someone that who is looks crazy. just like Ozzy. And caller, are you familiar with the work of Gene Hoagland, The Atomic Clock? Yeah, I think I probably watched you guys rehearse a few times back at uh, Renegade, probably. Okay, awesome. In the strapping Excellent. days, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. What was your band, brother? Uh, Mystery Machine. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And Mystery Machine have an amazing Aussie story as well as the vocalist confirmation. Thank you, caller, about how Mystery Machine actually ended up headlining a gig, didn't you, with Aussie? It was yeah, you we that- did, I guess. We played longer than he did, I guess, anyway. Because what happened was Mystery Machine was opening for Aussie, right, caller? Yeah, and he got sick about six songs in, and that was the end of it. So we played about 45 minutes, and I think he played 20. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Hey, Nardwar, unfortunately, I have to start wrapping this up because we're about to start sound check. Okay, well, why not? Well, thank you so much. For, first caller, thank you for calling in. That's great. Yeah, have a good day, Nardwar. And do 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 do. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Lastly, just winding up your gene, thank you again so much for dedicating some time to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. The phone board has been lit up with all these drumming questions for you, Gene. Who is coming to Vancouver? People can actually see you this Sunday night in Vancouver with Fear Factory, right? Absolutely, yeah. We were playing there on Sunday night, and we are playing the Commodore. And earlier in the afternoon at about 4 p.m., we will all be at Scrape Records doing a signing. And uh, they will have many a copy of the Atomic Clock DVD on sale there. And, um, yeah, so everybody come on out and enjoy the night, and it should be a great time. It's going to be a good homecoming for Byron and myself, and uh, it's going to be awesome. That's this Sunday, 4 p.m., a signing at Scrape Records. Still going in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Props to JJ for keeping it going, eh? Absolutely. JJ's awesome. And lastly here, Gene Hoagland, just going to quickly run off a whole bunch of band names here. Just if you have anything to comment on these particular bands. Kick Axe, Killer Dwarves, Sword, or the Melvins? (coughs) Melvins are amazing. Sword was amazing. They had that first album that was really awesome. Their singer, Rick, was a really killer singer. And uh, Kick Axe, I swear to God, Jed Simon from Strapping got played for Kick Axe for a few years. Now, did you ever hear, uh, did you ever hear this Kick Axe story? That Kick Axe had to cough, sorry, 
Did you ever hear this kick-ass story at all, Gene? The kick-ass actually had to stop some gigs because the lead singer sat on a beer bottle and it punctured his spandex and he had to actually cancel the gig because the beer bottle went through the spandex because he sat on it on stage. Well, it's a shame it probably didn't puncture his colon there. You know, it's a good thing, I guess. So, uh, no, I never heard that story. But you did like the kick-ass. There was a kick-ass connection you were seeing? Oh, oh no. I, I, we just used to joke with... with with our guitarist Jed Simon from Strapping that he used to play for Kick Axe, you know, and that was just, because that wasn't our scene, that wasn't really our style of, of music at all, so we would just poke fun at him, because he was a little bit older than us, and like, yeah, dude, you used to play for Kick Axe when you were a teenager, right? And that sort of stuff. The other guys used to tease him about it, not so much me. Gene, what about Abruptum? Did you ever do any gigs with Abruptum, the only midgets in black metal? Wow, I, I've heard the name, but I, I believe I've never done gigs with those guys. No, nope. Killer about, Dwarves, never done gigs with those guys either. The Killer Dwarves, whose lead singer was six foot three. Was he? Yeah. Holy moly. And Burzum. Did you ever meet Varg at all? He's out now, Varg from Burzum. Have you ever done uh, any gigs with Burzum? I hear he's out. No, they weren't. They, I don't think they've ever done a gig. I think they were just a kind of a studio project that, uh, you know, got famous when he went to jail. How about King Diamond? Have you met King Diamond at all? I have. I met him when I was 17 years old, and he said something that was uh, very chilling to me. Now, would that something to do with Satan? Because he was the first rock singer to be ordained by Anton LaVey of the Church of Satan. Wow, no. All he said was, it's nice to meet you. But the way he said it was just sent chills up my spine. And lastly, Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock, what cities are bands that you have played in banned from? Are there any bands that you've played in over the years that are actually banned from playing in certain cities? Um, I, I got to admit, no. I mean, back when I was in Dark Angel, we got ourselves banned from pretty much every club in L.A. because our fans were unruly, our crew was unruly. They were the kind of band, they were the kind of crew that if they didn't like your band, they would go on stage and pull you off the stage and pound the hell out of you. But you know, we were all kids back then, so that was the closest thing I've been to being banned from anywhere. I think in L.A., did you ever see Forty Five Grave at all? Proto Gothers. Oh, yeah, you know, Rob Graves and all that stuff. Dinah Cancer, yeah, seen them play a couple times. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, Gene Hoagland, The Atomic Clock. If people want more info on The Atomic Clock DVD, where can they find that? They can, it can be found in, in the U.S. and worldwide. It is at hoaglandindustries.com. And in Canada, it is available currently through Reversed records.com and it will also be getting a distributorship in Canada at HMV and uh, a lot of Long and McQuaid's as well so that's going to be the one place Canada will be the one place where you can find it in the stores at the moment but for uh, again if people don't want to wait till it gets to the stores in Canada it's available through reversedrecords.com and then the US and worldwide is hoaglandindustries.com And Gene, we're going to end the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show with some Fear Factory, who you are playing in these days. I don't have any recent Fear Factory. All I have is a very early one here, but I was curious, do you play any of these tracks? And we'll cut to them. 
Shock, Edge Crusher, Smasher, Devour. This is stuff from the Obsolete record. Do you play anything on the Obsolete record? We, we play all three of those songs, actually, yes. What particular song would you like to hear from that record? There's Timelessness, Resurrection, Obsolete, Freedom or Fire, High Tech Date, High Tech Hate. Well, wow, that's an High Tech Hate. Well, yeah, he, I remember I was supposed to write lyrics for that song, but I never got them lyrics for it. But that it was back before, way before I was in the band. I would suggest Smasher Devourer. And what can you tell the people about that track? Will you be playing it in your gig, in your recent gigs? Have you been playing uh, it? Yes, I'm sure we will be playing it tonight, and I'm sure we will be playing it in Vancouver. All right, well, thanks so much, Gene. Why should people care about Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock? Because I'm nice, and I'm, I'm fuzzy, and I'm sweet, and I'm tasty. Well, thanks so much, Gene. Keep on rocking in the free world, and doot-doodaloot-doo. Doot-doo.
the way. Prepare for salvation. I am the way. Prepare for salvation. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Smasher, Devour, by Fear Factory. And before that, an interview with Gene Hoagland, who didn't drum on that particular Fear Factory release, but will be drumming this Sunday at the Commodore Ballroom with Fear Factory. And Fear Factory are also doing an in-store signing at Scrape Records on Broadway at 4 p.m. this Sunday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right now, here is influential Canadian metal band, at least to me, Nardwarty Human Serviette, Witch's Hammer, introduced to me by Gerald Rattlehead and Metal Ron from Canada's longest-running independent heavy metal show that's still going today, Power Chord. Here's some Witch's Hammer, 1985, from Vancouver. Heavy metal.
ITR 101.9 FM is proud to present Quintron and Miss Pussycat with guests The Manipulators and Channels 3 and 4. Mr. Quintron, the multi-instrumentalist one-man band from New Orleans, will be accompanied by Miss Pussycat at the Biltmore Cabaret on July 12th. Doors are at 8pm and the show starts at 9.30. Tickets are $12 in advance at Zulu, Red Cat and Scratch. You can buy tickets online at ticketweb.ca. For more information, visit citr.ca. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard before. Mr. Quintron and Miss Pussycat's announcement of their arrival in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Something by Witch's Hammer, 1985, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Right now, here's a cassette that I was handed at South by Southwest. Well, I wasn't really handed a cassette, but I eventually did get the cassette via the band that I met at South by Southwest, Sexy Crimes. They've given me their brand new cassette. They're from Brooklyn, New York. And here it is. Murty, Shoney B, Richmond Dip, Bicycle, Justice. Sexy Crimes. Sexy Crimes cassette. If you have any music you'd like to send to me, please do send it to me. Nardwar at nardwar.com or... Well, just email me and we'll play it or send it hardwired if you want to the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show. I can give the address later because we want to hear all the songs on a cassette right now by Sexy Crimes. Again, something given to me. Thank you, Sexy Crimes. Thank you. From their cassette, here's Sexy Crimes from Brooklyn.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Anardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Disciples of Power from Medicine Hat, Alberta, 1989, with Power Trap. And before that, the entire Sexy Crimes Richmond Dip cassette. That's what you can hear. Cassette tape. Sexy Crimes from Brooklyn, New York, 2010. To end an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show, here's some live electric prunes from 1967 for them performing in Stockholm. This is a song uh, that we kind of do a thing on. We are invited to uh, yell out curse words in your native tongue if you'd like. It's called Try Me On For Sides.
Thank you.